the show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, go. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Right Fit Podcast. I'm Daryl Jacobs, your host. Join me every Friday noon Eastern time with decision makers, both from collegiate athletics and professional sports. But joining me today is the former director of athletics at Chicago State University and currently the director of university relations for Mongo, Mr. Elliot Charles. Thanks for having me, Daryl. How you doing, man? Hey, thank you for taking the time. I know you out at the NACTA convention, networking, doing your thing, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the things you're doing um, as well. But before we get started with the Q&A, talk a little bit about your journey in, in the collegiate athletic space. Well, um, I got into intercollegiate athletics because of a, a moment in time back in high school. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, was a little bit under-recruited in basketball. You know, and I wanted to be creative about ways in which I supported my teammates through their recruitment. Um, I had Division three offers, you know, uh, and I, you know, wasn't that great. But I had a friend who was, you know, on the cusp of Division one offers and I wrote an article about him that was picked up by Harris Publications, a little op-ed and slam. And um, it was a very powerful moment. The whole school was like, got behind what I did for him. He was forever grateful. He ended up going D2. But, uh uh, the whole process was amazing. And I said, wait, time out. I can work in athletics and I can be involved in athletics by supporting others. I'm like, whoa, mind blown. You know, so uh, from that point, I uh, was a male practice player um, at the University of Florida for women's basketball. Um, and from there, kind of like everything just unfolded. I transferred to South Florida, got into the business side and I uh, knew what I wanted to do. Well, talk a little bit about you recently left. Um, being an athletic director at Chicago State's Division One HBCU. Talk about that transition and why do you decide to leave uh, collegiate athletics? Well, like I said, I got in to support support others. And uh, I'm at a really interesting um, kind of uh, crossroads, kind of uh, you know, two-path yield kind of in my life right now. Um, you know, I have some really cool opportunities to support my family. Um, and I also, you know, thought, you know, with all the changes in the landscape of Minnesota athletics, maybe this is an opportunity for me to show some of my ingenuity and energy from outside the business. Right. Um, I'm 38, going to be 39 this year. And, you know, while I wanted to be an athletic director, while I still have that, that, that burning desire, you know, that's that role everybody aspires to on the business side. And I said, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with supporting other people going back to that original moment that happened in high school. Um, and so Chicago State, we had an awesome run. As, with me as a leader, um, you know, uh, I think I think it was an incredible opportunity um, in the face of a lot that was going on around the world. And I don't think I would have it any other way. But I learned a lot and I learned a lot. And it really was revealing uh, for me to see how I could use my skill set uh, to work with many institutions at once. Talk about your new role, the new venture that you're in. Talk a little bit about that. And I think on this platform here, particularly the right fit, a lot of coaches watch the show and listen to the show as well as administrator. Talk about your new role and exactly what you're doing. 
well, it's it's really funny. Like anybody that's known me for years will say Elliot can't do just one thing at a time, right? Like I, I'm a I'm a Tasmanian devil when it comes to getting projects and things done. So um, I uh, started my own firm. I got out there, started my consultancy called Tracer Space Inc. And um, I also started a marketing and branding firm with one of my former student athletes called the Hamilton Brand. In the midst of doing that, I aligned with a brand called Mogul, um, and I, I decided to take on university relations for them. And um, it had some unique synergies as a really kind of open NIL platform where brands could deal directly with students and they're constantly involved. And it was created by um, it was created by former student athletes. And it was just a really exciting opportunity to go support the young people. So I got into that because, you know, I saw those three things having a, a, a synergy, a way for me to support um, many of the deep relationships I had with the coaches and, and executives out there in, in the intercollegiate space. And so it's just really unique. Um, they, they, it feels like one opportunity, but I'm, I'm able to serve, you know, coaches and student athletes in many different areas. It's like kind of all covered through the ventures that I jumped into. Talk about some of the processes you've been involved. You held many titles. You worked at several institutions on the Cleese Athletic level. And of course, you were a director of athletics at a Division One institution. Talk about some of the hiring processes that you participated in and talk about um, some of the things you saw that can be some do's and don'ts. Wow. You know, um, when it comes down to, to hiring coaches, you know, I think the, the, the deep work that's done is connecting uh, with, with everybody. Like, so as an administrator, I think sometimes having your target list too early um, can, can have an effect on how your search goes. Um, some people think that's an efficient way of running search. I've even done search that way sometimes where I have my list already. But what I think, well, I think it, it, early on in search, if you just take as many calls as you can or have an individual who does, it creates this moment of authenticity in a search. I'll go back to Florida A&M. When I was at Florida A&M and we were hiring uh, a men's basketball head coach, I talked to as many people as I could, even if um, within my bandwidth, right? And even if I uh, felt that the individual wasn't going to end up making it to the next round, uh, we still had really deep conversations about what they thought they could bring to the table. So as a coach, a coach should never underestimate or um, try to anticipate the amount of time that they're going to get with an administrator, because if you get on, if you get on the opportunity early enough, you get a good chance to explain who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. And and, and that moment, you never know what the administrator is going to be thinking. Um, you don't know how long they're going to be at that institution. And, and there's an opportunity to create really unique relationships. I, I, I bring it up because many of the conversations I had at that time became long lasting relationships. You know, they're now five years deep. And, um, you know, some people is a, is a revisiting of, of who they are and how they've evolved. So um, search can be really interesting. I think it's always important on both sides for administrators and coaches to have really good relationships with the search firms and to understand the dynamics of a campus. Right. Never get into a search have, uh, asking someone to explain to you what the culture of the campus is. I think you need to kind of do your homework and meet them halfway. Right. Because sometimes when people are on campus, they also cannot uh, they may not have a good vantage point on what their actual culture is. So um, it's just there's so much deep work that goes into to landing a job and running a search. And I think both things require maybe almost a year in advance of, of preparation. Now, I could go on all day about that topic. Well, talk about you before you left Chicago State, you you hired a 
men's basketball coach. Talk a little bit about that process and what made him stand out from everybody else. Hmm. I think for me, and, and you know, there, uh, search is never a one-man process too, right, a one-woman process. Uh, a search involves many people, and I'm not saying just the committee. A search involves many stakeholders, including the committee. And so there was a lot of different people that had many different opinions on uh, the, the, that individual, which is Coach Gerald Gillian. For me, um, uh, you know, the ability to recruit, have a recruiting pipeline, was going to be the number one factor in the success of a head coach at that institution. Um, and so for me, you know, I, I think I had a huge, huge list at first, and then I narrowed it down to categories, and I put top threes in the different categories that I was looking for within the coach. And Coach Gillian not only hit it on the um, on the recruiting end, but I was looking for a coach that had mobility and being able to access different markets for recruiting. Being able to, it's being able to, you know, hold his own as he navigated the different grassroots space um, throughout the country, and he hit another mark. Right after that, I was looking at okay, past history of success when it came to X, Y, or Z experience with administration, X, Y, or Z. You know, like ability to to have a tenured staff. Who would they be looking at? So having a, a plan of action about who I was looking for, um, and then and then really talking to that broader pool of candidates helped me really, you know, realize that Gerald Gillian was an awesome opportunity for us. Plus, you know, having an inside knowledge of where his career is going and some of the job offers that were out there for him and many others allowed me to focus in on on who was the hot ticket at, at that time. I, I want to, before we go to commercial break, I want to talk about transitioning. As you know, I, I was a coach and an athletic administrator and I transitioned out about six years ago. And, you know, I was very fortunate to have those transferable skills that allow me to go on, do several different things. But there are many coaches who are now thinking about leaving the business or transitioning out. What advice would you give them um, if they're looking to transition into, say, Cleveland Athletic Administration? Yeah, I think the best thing you can do is what you would have an uh, entry level ops person do. It's don't assume that you can't take the duties on or learn about it while you're in your current role. There are many uh, mid to low major institutions that uh, just have a, what I call a workforce deficit. So if you can show the athletic director or whomever it is that you have good standing with, that you not only have interest, but that you have uh, some aptitude and capability and being able to manage duties and, and you just want to give input, show up to meetings, just, just that effort. That effort allows um, your colleague to feel supported and they're going to be more open to sharing with you. Secondarily, I think really being open about your plan, right? Like not just saying, hey, one day I think I may want to get in and then all of a sudden popping up the next day saying I'm out of coaching. But, but uh, finding that, that mentor partner, whether it's on your campus, whether it's outside of your campus, to help you draft that plan of action of how you fully break into administration. And, and, and lastly, it's really simple, understanding what the roles are. You know, as coaches, you guys are almost like uh, uh, um, uh, spirit, spiritual healers. You're almost like uh, physicians. You're almost like uh, counselors. You know, like you, you guys have a role that requires your whole. Hey, don't forget psychiatrists. Oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> psychiatrists. <laughs> and so you have a role where you're, you know, your 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 whole being is embodied in what you're doing. Well, um, you have to kind of create some space. You got to create some space. Hundred percent of effort in that role has to make it out of ninety five percent mentally, and you have to reserve five percent to really learn and think about 
what administration is. Many people don't even know what all elements are in administration, you know, from from licensing, um, from facilities to events to compliance, business, academics, student services, leadership. You know, they got the NIL coordinators now. Like there's all these different places where you can exist, fundraising. Um, and so you just have to have an understanding of it. You can't just jump in. Well, let's go to commercial break. Um, we'll come back and talk about all things right fit. You're watching and listening to my guest, Mr. Elliot Charles. We'll be right back. The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile. All for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. Welcome back to The Right Fit. I'm Daryl Jacobs, your host, and I'm here with my guest today, Mr. Elliot Charles, currently serving as Director of University Relations for Mogul, and we're talking all things right fit. One of the questions I asked you earlier was some of the do's and don'ts. I, I really want you to expand on that, and you can just give me two. I won't have you drag it out a little bit because you can go on and on. Talk about two do's and two don'ts when interviewing. To do's, um, I think a, a great to do is to ask people what they're looking for. You know, I've seen many people in the anxiety of, of, of the interview process forget to ask people what they're looking for. You got to do that first. Um, I think another thing is never assume that your materials that you submit are are set in stone. I think um, once you meet the deadline, work with the search firm and the institution, if there's a search firm or whatever, um, give yourself an opportunity to, 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 you know, do it in a plan, a plan that way. Maybe give them a progression of, of, of materials, ones that ones that do a deeper look as you get a little further on into the process. Um, and, and within those materials, ha- have your vision, have your vision and your plan um, as part of what you submit. But don't. This is really obvious, and it, sh- it should be obvious to everyone. Never talk about the previous place, especially if you're going to talk about it in a bad way. Just don't do that. And, and if, if you don't understand that or know that it's a coach, you know, I implore you to book some time with me, shameless plug here, um, um, and, you know, with CBS <laughs> Sports and Trace of Space Inc. So we can you just go through kind of what that means, you know, and why you don't do that. Um, I think the last don't is – I think you have to be really careful about name dropping, you know, um, with name dropping, you never really know what degrees of connection anybody has to those names. So I think if you're not studied enough on what that situation is, avoid it. Just to just avoid doing shameless plugs of names. Um, but other than that, yeah, you could go on all month about that. I have, I have tons of advice there. Well, thank you for those two do's and don'ts. Let's talk about the business of collegiate athletics. How do you see it right now, and what do you see some of the changes coming down the pipe? 
Yeah, so, I mean, there, it seems like there's a cycle. I don't know if it's every three to four years of some major topic that impacts either recruiting scholarships um, and or just student experience in general. And each change seems like it comes with millions and millions of dollars in funding need. Um, but for me, obviously, NIL. Everybody talks about NIL and how how this the student the student um, benefits and welfare space has evolved. You know, over the last what is it, almost 15, 20 years, um, and even going back further. Um, but I, I think I think I think budgets. I think I'm really interested to see what's happening with our economy. Uh, when we talk about travel, um, you know, ground transportation is is an integral piece to how many coaches get around um, during evaluation periods. And this gas situation, and you know, while while many people have their own theories about why it exists, and it, it can be it can be a little disabling. Um, and it changes how you work with vendors, and travel agencies, and it just it just can be very stressful in budgetary planning, even as we close out a fiscal year now. So. Um, I, I think I think that those things, the hard line on, on dealing with finances, how you spend your time with recruiting, um, even even um, workforce development. So you're hiring people now and many people are questioning whether or not they even want to be in the industry. Um, and in the space of working remote and everything, you know, you're hiring people and you have to find ways to hook them and keep them. And, um, you know, everybody's going to ask you now, well, what's in it for my professional development? as I come to your institution and work for you as an assistant coach, you know, um, I think the head coaching job is now really truly evolved into a CEO opportunity. And I think you have to, you have to almost consider for yourself, even before you evolve in your coaching career, what am I doing to prepare as a CEO to tackle all these externalities that, that I may not be able to control. I can't just look to an AD or a president to say, help me, help me, help me. I got to be prepared to manage my program. You know, it's funny you said is the head coach's position has evolved into a CEO type thing. It's amazing how the industry has changed with buzzwords. Now, you know, before they just want the coach. Now they want somebody that can run the um, program like it's a business, like it's the CEO. And often tell athletic directors, be careful. Now what that comes is going to come money. They're going to want money. They're going to want this, going to want that, you know, as well. But that's where it's going to. Um, you know, even with the search firms, when they're looking for coaches for a particular job, they're looking for a CEO type because you have to encompass many skills. You mm-hmm. mentioned when they transition going into fundraising and doing certain things, you know, as a head coach, you can encompass all that. And that could be beneficial with you when you do transition um, as well. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you would like to share with yeah, us? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think um, – I think never underestimate the power of what you already know. Like, I think, uh, you know, in hearing even, uh, you know, your story, Daryl, about, you know, being able to create wins um, and, and improve a, a program, you know, that that the power, the energy, it, it starts off within. It starts off with your your assessment of your confidence, your experience. You know, it's it's looking into the unknown, into the future and saying, hey, I'm, I'm going to have to find a way to have my vision, you know, come into fruition. And, and that starts with you. And, and if you if you don't if you're not locked in and dialed in on what that looks like within your mind, within your spirit, your heart, it's really hard to convince anyone else that following you is worth your you know their their time. And so, as a coach, don't don't just hop into this thing thinking I want to be X, Y, and Z. I'm gonna do it. You know, I don't care where I have to go. 
I'm gonna move around the country every year, and that's not how this. Please don't let yourself don't let yourself fall into that game. At the end of the day, I think the clearer you can define your vision about where you want to be, who you want to rock with on your staff, like having all that in your mind creates a great opportunity for your student athletes. Right. And if your student athletes buy into what you're talking about and how you operate with your staff, you're golden no matter where you are. And, you know, I assume everyone's smart. Don't assume everyone's stupid. There, there are people who have climbed the same way that are looking that are wise enough not to say anything about their assessment of you. And so as we travel on that journey, if you're a first year head coach, if you've been in as an assistant coach for a couple of years or whatever it may be, or if you've been around for 30 years as an assistant, just consider that you, 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 your alignment with where you want to be from where you actually are is totally dependent on those three things I talked about. They start inside of you, your vision for yourself, your confidence and the respect you have for your own experience. You know, so um, that's, a, that's a generic kind of general anecdote about how to approach life uh, from career development standpoint. But, but also don't be afraid to sit down and be real with yourself about who you are and what you've actually gotten done at this point. Because there may be somebody that just has the best interest in how you've done things that may want to help develop you. Last question, which is the one I probably enjoy the most. Uh, word association. I'll say person, place, name or thing. You say the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, man, this is dangerous. I got to take my glasses off for this. Well, this gives our listeners and viewers a chance to get to know you a little bit better. All right. I'm All as right. well. Tampa, Florida. USF. Go Bulls. University of South Florida. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'll say... Uh, there's so much that's going through my mind. Um, uh, Zedekiah chapter of Cap Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Okay, give them a shout out. Family. Family. Uh, new opportunities on the horizon, moving to <laughs> Upper West Side, Manhattan, New York. And consulting. It's a grind. Um, but it's self-paced and um, you can choose your business that you engage in. Uh, so it's almost like creating your own exclusive club. And the more exclusive you make yourself, the more people want to join what you're doing. That's what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Elliot Charles, thank you for taking the time to join me this afternoon. And I want to thank the viewers and listeners for tuning in as well. Join me next Friday with another great guest here on The Right Fit. Until then, please be safe, stay healthy, and have a wonderful weekend.